Hi, this is Jim from Safety Wars. Before we start the program, I want to make sure everyone understands that we often talk about OSHA and EPA citations, along with some other regulatory actions from other agencies, legal cases, and criminal activity. Everyone is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Proposed fines are exactly that, and they are often litigated, reduced, or vacated. We use available public records, news accounts, and press releases. We cannot warranty or guarantee the details of any of the stories we share, since we are not directly involved with these stories, at least not most of the time. Enjoy the show. This, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Hi, this is Jim Polzel from Safety Wars. We're broadcasting remotely today. How you doing? This is Thursday, April 20th. 2023, and we're broadcasting from the border of liberty and prosperity, but we're going from a baseball field uh, broadcasting from. We have a lot of news to deliver today. A lot of news. So I'm going to start out with something a little bit different tonight. If you're a Star Trek fan like me, this is not going to be a Star Trek show, but there's some commentary that I have to give on the series finale of Picard, Star Trek Picard, season three. They had three seasons. And this whole thing, in case you're not uh, familiar with it, was to bring back a lot of the characters from Star Trek, the next generation. And they brought back a couple of them in season one and two, and pretty much all of the main cast in season three. No, a trip down memory lane, some nostalgia and everything else. And the last two episodes were something very apropos to what we're talking about here. A lot of manipulation, things of that nature. So way back when I was in college, I had a course, Science Fiction and Social Realism. And one of the things uh, that the class taught us, and what the main thrust was, that good science fiction dealt with and continues to deal with current events, things that we're struggling about. It does not really talk about history. It talks about what we're dealing with now. Uh, No, it could be like the Star Wars saga with the battle between good and evil. It could be, uh, you know, an ongoing thing with good and evil. Uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein comes to mind, where they're talking, uh, also known as the subtitle, The Modern Prometheus, uh, dealt with man's relationship to God. That was a big thing going on there. And uh, we could go on and on and on. And, And thanks to some... Places like Pluto TV, Paramount Plus, I'm not giving them a plug here. We're able to go back and review a lot of these old Star Trek episodes. We all know what the original series, there were a lot of things were very, uh, pardon me, very relevant and everything else going on with that. You go back and you know the racial wars, uh, with race issues, with drug issues. Uh, things of that nature. Star Trek The Next Generation did a lot of the same thing, but we didn't realize it at the time. They were ahead of their time by 
30 years, 35 years. And the one that's held up the best, I think, has been Star Trek Voyager. So now, what about Star Trek Picard Season 3? What were some of the themes? It all had to do with this. What's one of our bylines here on Safety Wars? One of the things that we always say. By the way, in case you're listening, I held up a cell phone. It is, don't be manipulated, be educated. That's one of the main themes that we always talk about. We're a lot of, in a lot of ways, we are being manipulated. We're being manipulated by the news media. We're being manipulated by our communities that we're in. And one of the ways that we can prevent being manipulated is to be educated, to be trained, to uh, come up. No, a lot of what we talk about here on Safety Wars is about being prepared for what to say, to have the right attitude. So, in short, uh, no, the nemesis, one of the nemesis of the Enterprise and in the Star Trek world has been these creatures called the Borg meaning cyborg. And what they are is humanoids that are in a collective, and they were forcibly made to be in a collective and be assimilated. When we studied this back in college, way back when, the main enemy that we talked about was communism. The Soviet Union, when I took the course, the Soviet Union had just fallen in 1991. The course I took was in the summer of 1992, summer session one. So there was like June of uh, 1992, I'm sorry, 1992. And it was all about communism and the fall of communism and how this whole thing was, uh, how applicable was it? Fast uh, to it. Fast forward, uh, and we've talked about the resurgence of worldwide communism on this program already a couple of months ago with Lord Moncton uh, was one of them, but also some of the other things that we've uh, talked about. And now going back today and seeing these episodes, what was it in, uh, what turns out that the young people on the show, less than 25 years old, were basically assimilated by the Borg through a whole strange series of events, and then they were turned upon their elders. Now, you're going to say, well, that's normal adolescence behavior, right? Well, uh, no, I'm, I have two kids. I have one entering into adolescence. He's looking to spread his wings a little bit. Okay, I get it. I was the same way. I think we were all pretty much the same way where we're pushing for individuality. But that's not sort of like what's happening nowadays, especially with social media. We understand now, not only for the young people, but the older folks. And where we're looking for connections. That was the big thing when the internet came out in the mid-90s for me personally, was connection I was looking for. I was, uh, my situation, I was on the road. Uh, the people that I went to high school with and college with we all scattered. Yeah, we had like that annual Christmas card, a phone call every once in a while, things of that nature. But that's sort of like a normal thing. And people like me was were looking for connections. And 
It seems like that was a running theme. And even in Star Trek uh, Picard Season 2, that was a running theme. Connections. And now we have this network here, Safety Wars, and we're on the Safety FM network. It's growing all the time. Our re outreach is growing all the time. With all this stuff going on, it's connections. So what did it come down to? All of the young folks in, in this episode were looking for connection. The Borg, originally, looking for connection with each other. Today, we're looking for connections with each other. And you have to assess whether those connections are healthy connections. Are you in an echo chamber where you're hearing the same thing over and over and over again? And then to the point where you believe it's the truth. And this could go either on the left wing or the right wing on anything or even the moderate with everything. Is it healthy? We know with social media and with video games, they release endorphins and everything else. They make you excited. They make you feel good. They make you whatever. They're programming you. My question is this. Are they programming you into something that you want? If you're looking for a human connection, is it really, we have the question, is it really a computer and this virtual world we're living in, is this the connection you want? I try to stress, and I, I had a conversation with uh, one of my f associates here, a very good friend of the family. Uh, what are we doing here? Right? I ask myself, what the hell am I doing on this program sometimes? Is it healthy or is it not healthy? Is it going to be building up society or not, because right now we are at each other's throats in a lot of areas in our society. We have the reignition of racial wars and racial uh, strife. Some of it's warranted. Believe me, I, I agree. No, again, I try to see the other side. That's what I encourage everyone to do. See the other side of the uh, equation here. Uh, I see the other side. Guess what? They have some very good points. Oh, yeah, you're shocked that I would say that. Yeah, uh, very good points. People on my side of the aisle, some bad ideas, mostly good ideas. We have a lot in common here. There's no reason for us to be at each other's throats all the time. Dividing people. Hurting people. So what, what are we left to do on all of this stuff? Make that human connection out there. Be a friend. Reach out. Get involved in your community. It could be through volunteers. It could volunteer organizations. It could be your church, synagogue, whatever religious affiliation you have. Being isolated, right, makes us more vulnerable to manipulation and everything else. This is why uh, cults often, and there's plenty of literature out there in cults, is to socially isolate you, so now you're being controlled. Same thing with this whole thing on the Internet. 
Is it promoting more community or more social isolation? You have a lot of these fake connections, these virtual connections. Let's recall what the definition of virtual is. Definition of virtual is almost like that. Almost, but not a replacement for what reality is. And that's my opening monologue for today. Uh, go out there, and yes, the Enterprise does save the day in uh, Star Trek, and it all had to do with the connection of uh, the Jack Crusher character with his father, uh, John Luke Picard. Okay, I spoiled it for you. And that's what the whole Picard Season 3 was about. And it also left the door open for another series. That's all I have for the uh, monologue. We're going to go to the news next. We've been following this story with Alec Baldwin now for a couple of uh, weeks now. Months, actually. And uh, with uh, the great Ian Punnett on Coast to Coast AM, he had me comment a little bit about the Alec Baldwin situation. Uh, one of the things is, uh, again, with this whole... Continue this theme with manipulation. Most of the people that were commenting on the Alec Baldwin uh, Rust movie set going on with this whole Alec Baldwin thing, uh, apparently, uh, so ju just as a review, we had uh, a gun that he was holding accidentally discharged and killed uh, Alina Hutchins, who was one of the uh, uh, camera people, and had another person who was, I believe, the cinematographer. And this has gone back and forth, going on for a long time now. And uh, reportedly, uh, according to several news outlets, uh, they are dropping all charges against uh, Alec Baldwin. There's nothing about the uh, arborer on this job. Um, and uh, on the no, there's nothing there on uh, her. Whether they're going to drop the charges on her, the armor was Hannah Gutierrez Reed, and the assistant director Dave Halls, who was the, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, the uh, in effect the safety professional here. He had pleaded guilty and was sentenced, I believe, to house arrest here. I may be wrong on that. You may, may want to double check that. So. You know, if you want, go back and look up that episode on Alec Baldwin. I go into about 45 minutes of detail on there as to exactly what went on. We have a lot of news here coming out of OSHA today with their press releases. Department of Labor finds City of Delray Beach retaliated against an inspector for reporting cross-contamination between tap water. Tap water reclaimed sewage and reclaimed sewage. The city of Delray Beach will pay terminated employee $818,000. A federal whistleblower investigation. I want to remind everybody here that OSHA uh, investigates over 20, in over 21 different areas whistleblower complaints. So not only do they do occupational safety and health for whatever reason, I don't know what uh, they got uh, saddled with 21. Uh, different areas of the law they're able to uh, look at federal uh, whistleblower investigations. 
Uh, a federal whistleblower investigation has uncovered that Delray Beach retaliated against a city inspector who was fired after finding and reporting faults in the local water system that caused contamination of the public water supply. After reports of smelly, discolored, colored, and sandy drinking water, a water utilities department inspector investigated and identified faults in the municipal system that were allowing reclaimed sewer water to cross-contaminate the city's drinking water supply. The inspector actively, uh, the inspector participated actively in investigations by the Florida Department of Health and the Palm Beach. I'm sorry about that. Uh, County Office of Inspector General. The city then removed the inspector from doing inspections and terminated the employee in February 2022, claiming that their position had been eliminated in a reorganization that only involved their job. On February 24, 2022, a U.S. Department of Labor OSHA U.S. Department of Labor's OSHA opened an investigation later determined the city illegally harassed and terminated the employee for reporting pollution concerns. On, on April 18th, the city of Delray Beach ratified a settlement agreement in which the city will pay the former inspector $818,500. I don't know. It's not clear to me what they were, what they were really uh, gaining by uh, what they allegedly did. I I really don't get it here. Uh, it's not like a private a private company. You can understand, not agree with, but you can understand why a pro private company would do something like this in retaliation. But a public uh, company doesn't make sense uh, here. A public entity here. On U.S. Department of Labor partners with Moss and Associates LLC to. Uh, promote workplace safety during Pasco County Jail Project in Central Florida. Central Florida. So again, uh, OSHA is partnering up with people. That's a good thing uh, there. And we, this is, a, uh, we mentioned uh, Dollar General last night where they're trying to reach a settlement. Well, they, guess what happened? <laughs> Winter Garden, Florida. Federal workplace safety inspectors have found Dollar General Corporation, one of the nation's largest discount retailers, exposing its employees and others to unsafe conditions again, this time in Winter Garden, Florida. In October 2022, inspectors of the U.S. Uh, OSHA, right, U.S. Department of Labor's OSHA, found employees facing fire and entrapment hazards as shelving, rolling containers, and merchandise blocked exit routes. OSHA also discovered merchandise blocking walkways and items stacked in an unstable manner. I mean, they must do a cut and paste here with any of these things. The agency cited the company with one willful violation, two repeat violations. Uh, Dollar General faces $401,812 in newly proposed penalties. Again, everyone is innocent till proven guilty. Since 2017, OSHA has assessed Dollar General Corporation and Dolgan Corp. more than 16 were coming up to $17 million very shortly and issued citations in more than 180 inspections of Dollar General stores nationwide for numerous willful repeat and serious workplace injuries. Uh, I'm sorry, violations. Years of OSHA inspections have identified systemic hazards uh, making it clear that Dollar General values profits more than a say I don't know if that more than safety. I don't think. I, I don't know. 
my question is this. What kind of entry rate are they doing, uh, do they have, compared to everybody else? Questions, no. Now, OSHA on the 28th is uh, Workers Memorial Day. What day is that? Let me get out the calendar here. And it's on a Friday, all right, uh, April 28th. Now, what about Workers Memorial Day? What is that? Workers Memorial Day is commemorated every August, I'm sorry, every April 28th of every year, which is uh, the start of OSHA in uh, April 28th, 1970. Uh, the na- so this is a press release from OSHA, right? On April 28th, 1970, the nation first observed Workers Memorial Day at a time when an estimated 38 people died on the job in the, U- in the U.S. each day. More than a half a century later, the annual tribute endures as to the determined efforts of the U.S. Department of Labor's OSHA and MSHA, Mine Safety and Health Administration, to help protect the lives of our nation's workers. Today, work-related injuries claim the lives of approximately 14 people each day in the U.S. That's one life lost every 101 minutes. There are 5,190 such deaths in 2021. I'm going to say that is recorded deaths because they don't include self-employed. And we know that all these numbers are underreported, especially if you've been in the business long enough. You know these numbers are underreported. Workers Memorial Day pays tribute to these people and all the fallen workers before them and the survivors who remain to grieve and carry on. So uh, normally, right, a lot of uh, places, they commemorate people from the last year that died since last April 28th. And... Again, you know, on workers, uh, and this is from uh, the Assistant Secretary for Occupational Safety and Health, Doug Parker. On Workers Memorial Day, as we remember the people whose jobs claim their lives, we must recognize that people behind these numbers are people who mourn each loss. For them, these statistics are loved ones, their parents, children, siblings, relatives, friends, and co-workers. On this day of remembrance, we should reflect on what might have prevented their loss and recommit ourselves to doing all that we can and all that can be done to safeguard workers and fulfill our moral obligation and duty as a nation to protect American workers. So that's all what we have from OSHA today. Uh, As far as news releases, let's head on over to the EPA. Okay, we're back and we're going to continue with some EPA news. The Williams Company's related entities resolved Clean Air Act violations at Alabama Natural Gas Processing Plant and 14 other facilities. Today, the U.S. EPA, the U.S. Department of Justice, and the Southern Utah Indian Tribe, or Ute Indian Tribe, the states of Alabama, Colorado, West Virginia, Wyoming, and Louisiana Department of Environmental Quality announced a settlement that will reduce pollution at 15 natural gas processing plants, including the Mobile Bay Natural Gas Processing Plant in Coden, Alabama. Under the settlement with the Williams Companies Incorporated and several of its subsidiaries and its successor at the Ignacio Glass Gas Plant, Harvest Fork Corners LLC, the companies will spend an estimated 
$8.5 million in strengthening leak detection and repair practices, significantly reduce emissions of volatile organic compounds, aka VOCs, methane, and other pollutants. Williams will also pay $3.75 million civil penalty, and the companies will complete two projects to mitigate the harm caused by the past violations. Settlements for three natural gas processors to reduce air pollution in Colorado, North Dakota, Wyoming, and oh, we already did that one. Sorry, guys. EPA proposes a ban on all consumer, most industrial and commercial uses of methylene chloride for, to protect public health. The proposal allows critical military some manufacturing and processing uses with strict workplace safety requirements. Today, the U.S. EPA announced the latest action to protect public health under the Toxic Substances Control Act, proposing a ban on most uses of methylene chloride, a dangerous chemical known to cause serious health risks and death. Today's proposal would protect people from these risks while allowing for some uses to continue only where strict workplace controls could be implemented to minimize exposures to workers. Methylene chloride is one of those really nasty, nasty chemicals. So what, what, what's the use then? They're talking about uh, acute exposures. Uh, 85 people have died nationwide since 1980, at least 50, 85 people. What do the, what's, uh, what's the use for? Often it's used for uh, removal of painting, uh, paint, right? So rather than uh, some of the other chemicals out there, there's a methylene chloride-based uh, uh, paint removers, right, through chemical. And I mean chemical uh, removal. I mean, when you see what, how quickly it boils up the paint so you could scrape it, you understand why this is a very attractive chemical. Plus, uh, the odor isn't really there for that. Although most people can't even smell it even though you know you're being overexposed when you start to get lightheaded because it has a slightly narcotic effect. I know through experience. EPA seeks input on bipartisan infrastructure law funding to support clean water in undeserved Gulf, underserved Gulf of Mexico communities. EPA seeks input on bipartisan infrastructure law funding to support clean water. All right. Today, the U.S. EPA announced two virtual opportunities to, for the public to share input on a new bipartisan infrastructure law-funded grant program being developed to support clean water in underserved Gulf of Mexico communities. The input gathered will perform, will inform a new request for applications to award up to $25 million total across the five Gulf states of Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Texas. You can check the EPA website out for details. EPA recognizes Hastings, Nebraska for clean water infrastructure in, uh, innovation. The U.S. EPA has recognized 20 clean water infrastructure projects for innovation, including the city of Hastings, Nebraska, through EPA's GF Ames Performance and Innovation and the State Revolving Fund, creating environmental success uh, Pisces, right, uh, nicknamed Pisces, na 2022 National Recommended Recognition Program. Where's my mouth today? 
Hastings has been recognized for excellence in problem solving for their aquifer storage and restoration project that was conducted using funds allocated through the Nebraska Clean Water as a state revolving fund. The innovative project decreased nitrate contamination levels and provided an economical engineering solution for providing treated drinking water to the city's residents. Here are some stories local to New Jersey here in our metro New York area. Environmental regulators in New Jersey Thursday filed a flurry of lawsuits against companies accused of contaminating properties across the state, many of them relying on a landmark law aimed at protecting poor urban and minority communities from pollution that just took effect. Eight accused polluters spread across, spread from Fort Lee to Camden. Fort Lee is toward the north part of New Jersey, Camden towards the southern part. Fort Lee is by New York, Camden is by Philadelphia. These companies face charges under previous regulations as well as the environmental justice law which seeks to limit pollution from overburdened communities, according to a statement from the State Department of Environmental Protection Commissioner Sean M. Latour. And another story. Federal officials say they, may, they have made significant progress as they work to sort through and eventually safely dispose of hundreds of containers containing a potentially hazardous material uh, found earlier this year at the site of a former chemical manufacturer in Howell, New Jersey. Though the DEP, that's the state DEP, has not yet removed any of the 200 to 355 gallon drums or other smaller containers, it's getting closer toward being able to do so since the beginning of the cleanup. Right now, EPA's priority is to secure smaller containers called lab pack materials. The smaller containers are now stored with an on-site warehouse, uh, within an, uh, the on-site warehouse and out of the elements. EPA oversees the sorting and identifying of these lab pack materials through a process called hazardous categorization or HAZCAT. So basically, what, what is this? Usually, laboratory waste is uh, disposed of in small containers. So what you try to do is commingle the materials. So, for example, all of the materials from one hazard class, like flammable, toxic, but toxic is more listed waste. Uh, if you're in the disposal business, you know what that means. That means that it's specifically called out in the regulations and in uh, 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 no, uh, radioactive would be another hazard class, uh, flammable, uh, corrosive, reactive. So all these are the different hazard classes and, you, and oxidizers, and you would actually go in and put them together. So flammables go here, will go here, go here, and they're done by a... Uh, a process called hazcatting. What is hazcatting? Hazcatting is like a, a patented process where you actually do old-fashioned wet chemistry to go and figure out what the stuff is. It's usually used by first responders, often on the other end for second responders. So for example, you would have a petri dish and you would take a, a match and throw it in the petri dish and when it goes boom, then you know it's explosive. And when you go, when it fizzles out, then you know, hey, it's not flammable. 
and then it would take you through a whole series of uh, uh, flow chart through a whole series of things and you're able to isolate exactly what it is uh, or you could send it out for analysis Haskat is a quick and dirty uh, method usually a as uh, 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 qualitative right you're not quantifying things and then what happens is you put all the oxidizers together and once you uh, identify them further, you could dump them and mix them together, things of that nature. Real simple process. Done a lot of times myself. Texas Senate uh, unanimously passes a school safety bill. I was on the air tonight with Sheldon Primus. Uh, we talked about, not this one, but as far as uh, getting uh, schools, specifically the teachers, under uh, OSHA jurisdiction. And by doing that, we would be able to probably better protect the students from violence. Texas Senate unanimously passed a school safety bill that would require increased security measures across the state. Now, the last time that they did this, all media reports say that they weren't really enforcing this, the current law uniformly. Maybe it'll be uh, enforced uniformly here and effectively. Texans have been reminded far too often that evil exists and that we live in a broken world, said Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. In a press release on Wednesday following the bill's passing, SB 11, Senate Bill 11, is a top priority of mine and all 31 senators because it represents a blueprint for our schools to use to harden their facilities moving forward. It is the most robust school-based response framework that Texas has ever designed and is the product of a year's worth of bipartisan research and planning. This bill will increase school security funding from $600 million to approximately $1.5 billion, uh, Patrick Holt told uh, sources. Senate Bill 11 passed in nearly 11 months after Rob Elementary School shooting, leaving uh, 19 students and two teachers dead in Uvalde, Texas. Supreme Court sympathetic to Christian mail carrier who quit over Sunday deliveries. Supreme Court seemed receptive April 18 to the arguments of an evangelical Christian mail carrier who quit the U.S. Postal Service after it refused to accommodate his wish not to work on the Sunday Sabbath. Over the opposition of Biden administration, the court agreed in January to take up the civil rights lawsuit of Gerald Groff who began working as a mail carrier for the USPS in 2012. The hearing in the case, which is of intense interest to faith communities and to a slew of lawmakers who filed friend of the court briefs with the Supreme Court, comes as the court has become increasingly protective of the First Amendment-based religious freedom in recent years. Republicans accuse ATF of overreaching during a budget hearing. Steve Dettelbach, director of the Bureau of Alcohol, Alcohol uh, Tobacco and Firearms and Explosives, 
said his agency trusts local law enforcement to help it conduct firearms traces legally. We support police and trust police departments to submit these traces where they relate to criminal investigations. Delavec testified before the House Committee on Appropriations Subcommittee on Commerce, Justice, Science, and Related Agencies during a budget hearing on April 18th. Biden's budget proposal contains $1.9 billion for the ATF. This re represents a 13.6% increase over fiscal 2022 and half a billion more than the agency's fiscal 2020 budget. Included our funds to expand the agency personnel, which would include 183 new agents. So they're expanding it. Uh, there, there's uh, 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 a lot of uh, a lot of uh, criticisms on either side of this. One side's saying they don't go too far. The other one says too far enough on the way that they're enforcing laws. The NIH director uh, may have uh, uh, testified today in, uh, in Congress and said that, uh, and in response to a question, did the COVID-19 virus originate from the Wuhan Institute for Virology, Representative from Andrew Clyde, when he asked Dr. Lawrence to book the acting NIH director during a hearing in Washington. Tabak said, I have no idea. The NIH-funded experiments done at the Institute, which is located in the same city where the first COVID-19 cases were detected in late 2019. SpaceX. We have two stories on Elon Musk here. SpaceX. 400-foot SpaceX rocket explodes over the Gulf of Mexico. Elon Musk's SpaceX launched its first Starship rocket on the morning of April 20th, and it went several, uh, went very high up, and ex they had to end it up uh, to uh, destruct, <laughs> tongue-tied today. The uh, rocket self-destructed after its launch. Now, there's been reports that people were cheering this on and everything, they weren't cheering the destruction or the failure of the mission. They considered it a success because no one has ever done anything like this. They weren't expecting to get this thing off the ground. Guess what? They got it off the ground. They were cheering. Okay, they made progress on this. They'll try again. Problem is, is that they blew $3 billion here. And by the way, Elon Musk, as of today, is not the richest man in the world. Tesla sinks as Musk eyes more price cuts despite margin squeeze. Tesla Incorporated shares slid the most in more than three months after Elon Musk indicated his company will keep cutting prices to stoke demand even after markdowns earlier, earlier this year and took a significant toll on profitability. Larry Elder announces a 2024 presidential run. We're going to talk about this tomorrow. Several months ago, I put together a whole thing on what it takes to run a presidential campaign. And uh, from my point of view, logistically, and I didn't hit record, <laughs> you know? So we're going to try to reproduce that tomorrow, morning, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Republican conservative radio host Larry Elder announced he will run for president of the United States. So I don't know how many people that comes out to, like six running now. 
CDC and, uh, director admits vaccinated individuals can transmit COVID-19 uh, to others. Top U.S. health official acknowledged uh, on April 19th that people who have received COVID-19 vaccines can transmit the disease to others. Dr. Rochelle Walensky, the director of the uh, CDC, made the unsupported claim in 2021 that people who had received COVID-19 vaccines do not carry the virus and do not get sick. She has, she said to a congressional committee that we have had an evolution of science and an evolution of the virus, and it's no longer correct with the Omicron subvariants that we have now, meaning that it's, uh, uh, no, that they could still be transmitted. So my problem here is this, is that they're probably going to uh, lose a lot more credibility now with a lot of people. And I'm thinking in the long run, that's such a good thing. Officials apologized after emergency alert tests sent an error to cell phones at 4.45 a.m. An untold number of people in Florida received a rude awakening early Thursday morning when officials sent out an emergency test. The whole emergency management community apologized for it, right? Uh, sucks, I mean, to get a, something 4.45 in the morning. And then, oh, you know, you're having an emergency alert. So this is where we're going with social media here, right? Social media bosses who fail to censor, this is from the UK, uh, social media bosses who fail from Breitbart, and this is a UK minister saying this, and what is her name? We'll find out in a minute. Uh, oh, here it is. Science Secretary Michelle Donnellan, I think that's how you pronounce it, has announced plans to see social media executives thrown in jail should they fail to censor so-called harmful content. My question is, who the hell decides on what's harmful and what's not harmful? Right? Aye, aye, aye. Okay, some, we mentioned this earlier in the program, was uh, Rust is going back. The movie uh, Rust is starting to, uh, production, starting production again. Uh, well, this is part of the, uh, part of uh, the thing people are saying, well, uh, you know, why are you doing this and everything else? Some people are like, well, you should continue this, and no, we should go and do this, and uh, uh, no, you know, honor everyone's memory, especially Helena's memory, the person who was killed here. Some people are like, this is in bad taste. I'm going to say this much. Someone's paying for this movie, and they got to recoup the losses. They're not just going to say, oh, there goes the money, you know. They're going to have to recoup whatever money they could get out of this thing. Uh, now, again rationalizing this stuff uh you know people right people are saying well it's horrible i think that they have no choice because someone's gonna have to pay back all the money that they borrowed for this people just don't uh no pull out money and then forget about it right wouldn't that be nice though maybe my mortgage company could do that hey just throw out money you know you can have it jimmy go on ahead right on the world stage, President Xi Jinping of China 
and other Chinese leaders have been kept busy in the last months by a number of visits with foreign dignitaries as Beijing goes on uh, a charm offensive to win allies and partners while making up for the lost time during the COVID-19 pandemic. So this has been going on for a couple of months now where China is... uh, 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 No... Going on a huge diplomatic thing here, creating uh, partnerships, something we need to keep on uh, with. So that's all that. Oh, here we go. One more. Companies risk penalties as Asia and Australia target uh, greenwashing. Having pressured South Korean oil giant SKENS into retracting claims of a produced carbon free gas, former fossil fuel lawyer turned climate advocate. Ha Ji-Yuan now wants tougher action against corporations in a greenwashing crackdown in Asia-Pacific. South Korea in January became the first nation in East Asia to draft a law that would fine firms for false or exaggerated green claims. Wouldn't that be nice if we had a law like that in the United States? But we have what's called freedom of speech here. So that's all I have here for Safety Wars. Uh, Hopefully doing a regular broadcast tomorrow, not any of these remote broadcasts. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Let's see what tomorrow brings. Have a great night. Oops. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.